What does a contraction feel like? How do I know if I'm in labor? And what does a day of labor look like? Wait, is this normal? Hey, I'm Heidi. My best friends call me Hydes. I'm a certified birth doula, host of this podcast, and author of Birth Story, an interactive pregnancy guidebook. I have supported hundreds of women through their labor and deliveries, and I believe every one of them and you deserves a microphone and a stage. So here we are. Listen each week to get answers to these tough questions. Birth Story, where we talk about pregnancy, labor, deliveries, where we tell our stories and share our feelings. And of course, chat about our favorite baby products and motherhood. And because I'm passionate about birth outcomes, you will hear from some of the top experts in labor and delivery. Whether you are pregnant, trying desperately to get pregnant, or you just love a good birth story, I hope you will stick around and be part of this birth story family. You guys, my book is out. I mean, it is out in the world. I cannot believe it. I have been writing it for several years and it's just mind-blowing. Birth Story, Pregnancy Guidebook and Journal is a -a one-of-a-kind discovery into your pregnancy that provides you education through storytelling. So what's it really about? In the 16 years that I have served women with every personality type, I noticed there was a huge disconnect between what my clients were craving for childbirth education in a book and the books that were actually available on the market. There seemed to be unlimited resources if you are looking for an unmedicated birth or a natural birth or a home birth. But there just weren't a lot of resources for my clients who were part of the 92% of women birthing in a hospital and very much open to medical interventions like an epidural, nitrous oxide, and opioid medications. So I wrote that book to fill the gap for you. Week by week throughout your pregnancy, you will engage with material meant to educate and empower you as you plan for your own birth story, hospital, medicated, unmedicated, or something in between. You are welcomed each week with a postcard from the womb, which is an adorable note from your baby about their miraculous development, as well as the amazing changes occurring within you. Then you are invited to use an uplifting birth affirmation and to respond to an introspective journaling prompt to document your feelings, curiosities, and wonders every single week. With room to memorialize your own birth story, this book will become a memory keeper and a legacy gift for your baby. You are encouraged to read one of my favorite birth stories each week filled with childbirth education, tidbits, and explanations of important medical terms and procedures. These are real-life accounts shared with permission from the births that I've attended during my career as a doula, and I gave you a great mix. In the 42-week guide to your pregnancy and 42 birth stories, seven of them end in cesarean section. About half are unmedicated and the other half are medicated deliveries. This is a judgment-free book. So take what you need from each element and leave the rest. Okay, are you ready to buy? I would love for you to go to birthstory.com and buy it directly from me. But I totally get it if you're an Amazon girl. You can head to amazon.com and just type in birthstorypregnancy 
and the book should pop up. I'll deliver it straight to your doorstep. And I would venture to say that you might be an audiobook kind of woman because you're listening to a podcast. So if you would prefer to listen to this book, then I have recorded it and it is available for download at audible.com or on your Audible app. Thank you for being part of the birth story community. I'm so excited for you to have this book in your hand once you've purchased it and it has arrived. I hope that you will give me your thoughts and feedback and don't forget to take a selfie with your book and post it on Instagram and tag at birth story podcast. Episode four. All right, today I am interviewing a total stranger from our local mom-to-mom board named Kristen, and this story went somewhere I was not expecting. In full disclosure, I actually had to go back and edit a part out because, um, man, she just got real with me, and it's just amazing, and I hope that you enjoy everything about this woman and her birth story. Hey everyone, it is Heidi with Birth Story Podcast, and I'm here with Kristen Smith to hear about her two births. So hey Kristen. Hi there. So just to get started, tell us a little bit about like who you are, your family, you know, what you want the audience to know about you. Okay. Um, should I say my age? If you I want don't know. to. Okay. I'm 34, I think. Yes. yes then I'm, you should definitely say your age. Yes. I'm 34. Um, I'm a native charlatan. So I was born in Presbyterian Hospital in the 80s. Um, I am, I have an older brother. Uh, he also lives here too. Uh, my parents are in town. So we've got, you know, one big happy family here. Um, um, I met my husband in college and uh, he is from Pennsylvania. We lived there for five years. And when I was seven months pregnant with my first, we moved back to Charlotte um, for work and just to be closer to grandparents. We could probably do a whole podcast on like moving while seven months pregnant. It was insane. <laughs> this was with your first child. Yes. Too, yes. Right? So it okay. was easy in the sense that I didn't have a baby or a toddler yet to look after. But I would pack for an hour and be exhausted, yeah. you know, and have to sit down for another hour. Yes. Um, so we had a lot of help from family members that lived up there helping us get packed up and all that kind of thing. But um, it was stressful, but it was okay. So how about like the other like six months, about month seven, you said you were getting ready to move to Charlotte. But like, I want to know, like, how did you have a fertility journey? Did you get pregnant right away? Like, how did your pregnancy go? Okay. Um, when we were married about a year, I went off the pill and it was not to get pregnant. It was to just let the hormones balance out. You know, I've been on the pill since I don't even remember how old. Okay. Sad. Um, so did your doctor advise you to do that or is that something you had read about? I, at the time was seeing a, I don't want to say a naturopath, but, uh, chiropractor but it was more than a chiropractor it was more like a wellness type doctor okay that also did chiropractic in the practice um and so i just wanted to be healthy i wanted to feel good um so went off the pill that summer we hadn't been trying but we had a surprise pregnancy okay that was um i was terrified we hadn't even talked about kids yet um and i was 
afraid. I didn't know, you know, I, we were not ready. We were not ready. And, and I told my husband, I was expecting for him to be upset and no complete opposite. He was so loving. He was just saying, this is great. You know, it's going to be fine. We have other friends who are having kids now. It's going to be fine. This is all going to be fine. This is all, you know, <laughs> this is great. We're having a baby, you know? So. And how old is your oldest right now? He's five. Okay, so you came off the pill and you had an unexpected pregnancy, but your husband was like really excited. Yes, it was so sweet. And I was terrified and he was okay, <laughs> which is usually the opposite of our how we usually react yeah. to things. Um, so it was a pleasant um, experience to tell him that. So we went in for the first appointment at, I don't know, seven or eight weeks. At the time, I was traveling a lot for work, too. So, like, trying to squeeze in the appointment and all of this was a little bit of um, shuffling. So we go in and, you know, you're definitely pregnant. You're about seven weeks along. Let's do the ultrasound. We go to the ultrasound and there's a baby and there's a heartbeat. But it was, like, in the mid-80s. And, um, I mean, you probably know more about that's a very low heart that rate. Thing. Yeah. And so it's, I mean, so the doctors, I think, prepared us for a loss, but, you know, the baby was still there and there was a heartbeat and there mm-hmm. was, you know, so that was tough. It was, um, I wasn't expecting that. And yeah. I, at that point, we hadn't known family members or even friends that had had miscarriages that we knew about, okay. you know, so this was kind of weird. We weren't prepared for this at all. Um, had you already shared with your fam, all your family and friends that you were pregnant? No, okay. no, we hadn't told anybody. Um, and so we were planning to tell them Labor Day. So this was like August. So we were a couple weeks away from getting to like that, the point, you know, where you're supposed to tell people, yeah. I guess, in quotes. Um, so we, I didn't have much bleeding, just a little spotting, but nothing significant. Um, and we went back maybe a week or two later, the dates it's blurry now. It's been a couple of years and a lot's happened (laughs) since then. So, um, we go back and they just like put the wand in and there was no heartbeat and it was very obvious. Um, and so when you were spotting like a couple of days before, like, did you kind of feel or have an instinct like that? Maybe you were miscarrying. It was, the spotting was, um, it didn't make me feel any kind of way, honestly. It okay. was it was nervous, nerve wracking because you know the the what you learn in fifth grade health class they tell you you don't get your period when you're pregnant, you yeah. know. And so it was scary, but at the same time, it just there's nothing you can do. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. Um, so we ended up we did the DNC the next day, um, and it was emotional. And I at that point I had by this time I had told my mom, and I think I told my best friend and. We had told some of our local family members. Um, so, who went with you to the DNC? My husband. Okay, just him. Yeah. So yeah. he took good care of me, and it was emotional, but it was all right. Um, you know, we made it through, and I rested, and yeah. and and all that. So after that, even though we weren't, we hadn't like had this big conversation, like we're you know because this was a surprise pregnancy, so it kind of took us off off guard. Yeah. Um, but after that, it was kind of like both of us decided like the only thing that's going to heal our hearts is to try again. Yeah. You know, okay. and, but it was scary. Your first pregnancy ending in miscarriage is kind of daunting, yeah. you know, and um, nobody prepares you for that. No. And at that point afterward, we heard, you know, grandparents or parents or friends that had 
you know, had miscarriages have to be shared our story with a couple of people. And that makes you feel a little better. Um, I think you sharing the story right now is going to comfort a lot of people that are listening. Yeah. So um, we tried again for six or seven months um, and didn't have anything. And I was at my wit's end. You know, I was like, got accidentally pregnant before. Why can't we do it again on purpose? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And just as I was like about to make an appointment with the doctor and say, what's up with this? You know, um, we found out that I was pregnant again. So did you just miss your period or did you feel a certain way? How'd you like, what kind of clued you in that you were pregnant? The first was the tingling in the boobies. Okay. (laughs) Can I say that? Yeah. It's an explicit podcast. Yeah. So like very different than just like your normal period. I never, I never had that sensation during periods. It wasn't a symptom of mine. So, so that's a really obvious symptom. Yeah. So So I was like, Hmm, you know, light bulb went off. This could be something. Yeah. And then pretty much the day after I missed my period, cause I was very regular. Um, I knew, yeah. you know, so I took the test and it was positive and that yeah. was that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So were you with your husband when you took the test? Yes. We were both home. Um, I don't even know if I told him if I was going to take it or not. Okay. Um, but we had been trying, so it, you know, yeah. it wasn't a total surprise. So, um, uh, yeah, I ran downstairs and he was watching football or golf or something. And I told him and he didn't have that great of a reaction the second time. I think he was scared yeah. and nervous. And he was like, well, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I can just like feel his heart <laughs> as you say that. Yeah. Oh, that's so hard. So that was hard. But um, we went to the doctor again and we saw a better heartbeat. I forget what it was, but it was in the 100s. Yeah. You know, it was 130 to 160. It was probably around that. I'm sure I have it written down somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we still didn't tell anyone. This was, let's see, February, March. Of what year? 2013. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of crazy. So we Again, and I was traveling for work. I was working for a corporate bank um, in commercial lending doing auditing. Um, so I, we lived in Pittsburgh at the time. So I was traveling all around to Ohio, Kentucky, Michigan, all these places. So I was actually in Cleveland this week um, working on an audit and staying in a hotel. And um, I went to bed. I was about 10 or 11 weeks and I was super nauseous. During okay. this pregnancy. Okay. Um, Which is super normal. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it got to the point and <laughs> Like was, throwing up or just the feeling of nausea? No, throwing up. Okay. And I'm, like I wanted to, you know? And yeah. so, but it was just like so heavy. It was like all you can think about. Didn't know what to do about it. And honestly, I was so sick that I got to the point that I wished I wasn't pregnant. Because I was so sick. Yep. I don't know if anybody can relate to that. Oh. But it was a dark place. (laughs) Yeah. It is such a normal feeling. I'll just share with you right now. I um, had heart palpitations. Like I developed like PVCs Mm. and like fainting spells. Wow. Not to scare everybody that's out there. But I remember thinking like, I want to (laughs) live. Yeah. I want to live. I had moments where I was like, I want to live more than I want to be a mom. Right. And then I would have like horrible guilt. Yes. Um, but I think that I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think there's a lot of moms out there that will have had those moments 
where you are so sick, just like when you have the flu mm-hmm. and you're like, I would do anything to make this go away, right. you know, and then we feel better and then we just let those right. feelings go. Right. So that was like a hard thing. So you were alone think. in the hotel room. I'm alone in this hotel room. I'm so like nauseous. I still have to work, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, um, and you were just thinking, I just need it all to go away. Yeah. Yeah. Literally that night. I'm in a double tree in Cleveland, Ohio, and I go to bed, I wake up in a pool of blood, like looked like a murder scene all over the bed, ran to the bathroom. Um, It's like midnight or one o'clock and I go to the, is this, this is kind of gross. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Things are probably going to get weirder. This podcast (laughs) is about education through storytelling and it is explicit. So it's here to... Um, teach. I say like when we were talking about this podcast, like we're going to cry together. We're going to laugh together. We're going to learn together. Okay. Um, But we want to hear it all because like all the things that we're talking about. And like you said, when you had your first miscarriage and like no one had talked about it, like this podcast and this conversation, like hopefully this is just one more step towards opening up these conversations so that we're transparent and we help other people so that when they wake up in a hotel room in a pool of blood that they know what the next steps might be yeah so So. again not prepared for this at all and i had had spotting but it was more spotting than when i miscarried this is before sorry going back that's okay Um, i think our readers are tracking i'm tracking with you i mean our readers listen to me i think our (laughs) listeners are tracking okay so and i so i had had more spotting with this um but again nothing you can do and i had gone in for several ultrasounds and everything had been you know the heartbeat was fine and there wasn't any you know i don't know placenta issues at this point or anything so um i was more confident even with the spotting but I woke up in this pool of blood. I'm, I mean, it was bad. It was a, it was, ugh. So I run to the bathroom and I've got my cell phone and I'm like pulling my pants down to sit on the toilet because stuff was coming out. And I passed these huge clots, like size of my hand. And at this point, I'm only 10 weeks pregnant. So there was one that was the size of my hand and there was one that was about the size of an egg. Okay. Now, how were you feeling? Were you dizzy? Were you lightheaded? Do you remember feeling or were you just feeling scared? Just panicked. Panicked. Okay. Panicked. I had my phone. Coincidentally, my husband was in Charlotte at my parents' house because he was on a golf trip um, and he was passing through. He had been in Hilton Head and was passing through Charlotte and was going to come home the next day. So I called him. He didn't answer. It's middle of the night. I called the house phone at my parents' house, which they don't even have anymore, um, and was probably screaming. And my mom answered, and I just said, Mom, I lost the baby. Like, my baby came out of me. You know, uh, it was very, very hard. Um, My baby's on the floor. I was just screaming, like, my baby's on the floor. My baby's on the floor. She's screaming, and she's, you know, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm so sorry. Um, So (laughs) I didn't know what to do. So all of this has happened, all this mess was made, and I ran to the um, phone in the hotel room and dialed up the front desk, I guess, because yeah. I didn't know what to do. Um, and I don't even remember this woman's name, but it was like a heaven-sent angel. Yeah. She answered the phone, and I said, hey, you know, my name's Kristen, I'm in room whatever. Um, I am like early pregnancy, 
you know, first trimester, but I think I've just miscarried and there's a huge mess in the room and I also don't know what's happening. I, I thought it was hemorrhaging. Yeah. You know, I thought I didn't know what was happening at all. Yeah. Um, you know, I need help and I, I'm here from out of town. I don't know anything. Yeah. Um, so she was like, okay, hang on. I'm going to call you an ambulance. Everything's going to be okay. Yep. You know, um, you know, we're just going to like, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about the hotel room. Every, you know, yeah, all this stuff. So then the firemen come and the ambulance come and I'm, I'm like such a mom already, by the way, being worried about the hotel room. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. <laughs> While you are having you know, a trauma. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, you know, the, the medics come and, um, it's just like, and this is, this might like prepare you for delivery and stuff because it's just like, yes, no modesty right. at all. And like, I'm just like pantless, yeah. you know, bleeding yeah. and it's horrible and, um, there's no, again, nothing you can do about it. So, um, the medics came and they put me on the stretcher and I grabbed my bag and they, I'm in Cleveland. So we go to a Cleveland clinic hospital yep. that's close by. And you know, it's probably 10 minutes from my, from my hotel, but I don't know where I am. So I could have driven myself probably, but I also thought I was like losing blood and all of this stuff. I think everyone listening would have also called it. I would have, I wouldn't have even called the front desk. Yeah. I was very calm of you. Well, I didn't even know where I was. I'm like, I think I would have called 911. You know, I'm in a hotel room somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So the, the front desk called for me. So, um, they showed up and the medics gathered up what had come out of me, um, and were getting in the ambulance. And the guy says, I don't think that's your baby, you know? And I said, no, it is. I said, you know, I, I've been through this before. Um, you know, I know it is like, I appreciate you trying to make me feel better, but it's over, you know, and I, I can't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's like, no, I really don't think it is, but you know, we'll take it to the hospital and the doctors will look at it and you'll check you out and you know, everything's going to be okay. So we get there and they get me into a room and, you know, time goes by and the ultrasound people wheel their cart into my emergency room um, stall, I guess. And she puts the ultrasound, I think it was on my belly at this point, um, again, about 10 or 11 weeks along. And there's my baby, like, on the Happy screen, floating be. around. You know, you got two arms and two legs and a head and you can, you know, just literally bouncing. Kristen, I didn't know where you were going with this story, but I am like rejoicing with you right now. It was insane. It was the most, it was the most like darkest place mm-hmm. and to the most relief you've ever felt in your life. So you're, so now you're laying there, but you can actually see your baby. Yeah. Amazing. That I was just like knew was like gone. Oh my God. Um, praise God. I know. Amazing. I know. It was so crazy. And of course, like every five minutes, my my parents are calling, my husband's calling, you know, they're, they're crying in my parents' kitchen, you know, all this stuff. My dad says, shoot, I already told people, <laughs> you know, thinking, yeah, <laughs> just so excited. Way to jump the gun, dad. Everyone was so excited. So, um, what had happened was I had a subchorionic hemorrhage, Yes. which from what I understand and correct me if I'm wrong is blood pools between the placenta and the uterus wall. That's exactly the definition. Okay. Yes. I have a client right now who had this exact same story. Okay. She's due January 29th. Oh my gosh. So, so close. Yeah. So exciting. So yeah. So, and it was a large one from what, you know, I think relatively large. Um, 
So that's if what you the had clots, clots were from. that were from the size of your hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you were telling this story, I was hoping that this is where you were going yeah. with it. <laughs> um, because I do know for anyone that's listening, that this is a possibility not to get everyone's hopes up um, that they will have, you know, the miracle of not losing their child. But it is possible to have that hemorrhage um, between the um, uterine wall and the placenta. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from my experiences is that it heals on its own over the course of the pregnancy. So how did yours do that? So tell me about, like, did you bleed again or? Um, Not to that extent. Um, And the other thing, too, really quick with the spotting and the bleeding, I was also told early in this pregnancy that spotting was totally normal because the cervix becomes more vascular mm-hmm. and there's just more blood vessels and stuff down there. And so anytime it gets irritated, like AKA having sex, having sex, <laughs> a bowel movement yep, where you have to push, um, yep. anything like that, from what I understand, can just irritate it a little bit and you might see a little pink or a little red, you know, when you wipe or in a little panty liner, but totally normal. Yeah. So thank you for reminding us of that. Because not everybody has that, but a lot of people do. But if a blood clot is coming out of you, that's so scary. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I didn't have another event like that. So, of course, my husband flew up. He literally booked a flight at midnight that night and was on a plane at 5 a.m. to come get me. I mean, I was only a couple hours from where we lived, but I was just so shaken up. Um, I'm literally pantless in the hotel and then you get discharged. Yeah. So how long did you have to stay in the hospital? Five hours, six hours. Okay. And by the time I was ready, I think they let me stay a couple extra hours until my husband got there to take me home. Um, so he and got then, there. Well, I'm just curious really quick. When you're in the hospital, do they give you IV fluids or anything to stop the bleeding or is it just monitoring you? No, just monitoring. So just a natural occurrence that your body is like going through. They just monitor you and then send yeah, you Yeah. And once way. those clots came out. That was it. There was no more bleeding or anything. No more clots. Um, It was just a weird thing that happens, I guess. Um, And you were still in your first trimester. Yes. Yeah. So what I understand from this condition, too, is that it's very common in the first trimester. I think so. And so the next day we drive home. The next day we go to see my OB. um, And she said, she told me the size of it. I forget what it is, 20 centimeters or something. Um, and she said, what is going to happen is as your baby grows and your uterus gets bigger and there's more, I don't, this probably isn't the right word, but more tension in there or more things are fighting Tension's for space. A good word. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, any of those will be pushed out and there won't be any room between the placenta and the uterus anymore to gather blood. Pull blood. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said about when you're about 20 weeks, these things just kind of go away. Um, so she's like, I don't, and she was totally right. Like I didn't have any other instances or that, um, awesome during that. So yeah. Okay. It was emotional and crazy. Hey, it's Heidi. I'm interrupting the podcast to let you know about a free resource that I've created for you at birthstory.com. All you have to do is go to birthstory.com and then click the tab that says the workbook. Once you put your email address in, an entire resource library of all of my secret sauces are available to you for free as my thank you for listening to the Birth Story podcast and being part of this community. 
At birthstory.com, under the workbook, you will find a birth plan template, articles on circumcision, delayed cord clamping, flipping a breech baby, packing your hospital bag, acupressure points, placenta encapsulation, and so much more. There are over 20 free articles ready for you to download at birthstory.com. Now let's get back to this amazing episode. So was the rest of your pregnancy like uneventful or? Other than the move. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the move at seven months. But other than that, like blood pressure is like, you felt good. Did the yes. nausea subside? Um, yeah. About 15 weeks. About 15 weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did you ever have to take a medicine for the nausea? No, not for this pregnancy. Okay. Um, so at seven months, you moved to Charlotte. Yes. I'm sure. Did you unpack your boxes? I had a lot of help. My okay. mom helped me a lot. Um, and a lot of our stuff was I went into storage because we were we were living, we moved into a townhome. We moved from a house into a townhome, knowing that we would buy a house at some point. Um, being so pregnant, like we just had to get like the first thing yeah. we could find that was yes. good. Um, so we had a little less stuff yeah. after we moved. So that was nice. Um, so yeah, we got all settled. I finally could decorate the nursery cause I knew we were moving, so I couldn't really like buy anything yet. So yeah. that was fun. You know, all this fun stuff yeah. got to happen once we moved, we shopped for nursery furniture and did you have a baby shower here in Charlotte? Yes. Okay. Couple baby showers. Oh, we had a big gender reveal before we moved. Okay. So we knew what we were having Okay. with the first, not with the second. Um, so yeah, we were so excited. We were so ready. We were having a boy. Um, it was the first boy in the family on either side, so that was kind of fun for the Very grandparents. Um, even if it was a girl, it would have been exciting too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm biased to boys because I have two of them. <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, they're fun. I love boys. Um, okay, so we get settled in our house. Of course, we have a new provider. I'm, I'm well into the third trimester, so you know you've got your appointments often. Um, and again, like nothing substantial going on in the pregnancy, just your normal checkups, glucose test, that kind of thing. Okay. So. Yeah. So everything's healthy. So did you take any childbirth education classes or hire a doula? Um, so I was interested in unmedicated birth, but I wasn't committed to it. Okay. If that makes sense. And that makes absolute sense. I wanted to dabble. <laughs> so like I read Ina May. Um, I read another book. I can't remember what it is. Sorry. Um, I wanted to be prepared for any scenario. Um, I'm so we took this class. It was taught by a doula and there were other doulas in the class, like in training, I think. Okay. Um, it was at a birth center that I don't think is, um, open anymore, but, um, it was a great class. It was a Lamaze class, which was more than just your, So you learned how to breathe. Learned how to breathe. There were a lot of people in the class actually having home births, um, planning for home births or birth center births. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think actually the fact that we were planning on a hospital birth, we were a rare, there were only a couple of us in the class. Um, I think the people in the class were maybe more committed to an unmedicated birth uh, than we were, but I just wanted to be prepared. And I also wanted my husband to feel comfortable with words like vagina yeah or cervix or dilation or just all of that kind Bloody of stuff show. yeah I wanted him and to also understand like the different stages of labor and stuff because I knew he wouldn't read the book and while he did protest some about going to these classes on Sundays in fall yep. aka football fall. time yeah <laughs> um he did go 
Good for him. Yeah, there were, it was like four Sundays, you know, so it wasn't like the Bradley method where it's 12 weeks because he wouldn't have done that. Um, and more power to the men that do that because I think that's yeah. so noble and awesome and that's amazing. Uh, my husband's just not one of them. So the fact that he was able to go to these classes was pretty good. Uh, again, like with the comfort level for him too. Um, so it was, it was very good. Um, so you, did you feel prepared for your birth by the time you were starting to have like the signs and symptoms of labor? Yes. Okay. Yes. Did you write a birth plan or did you have a birth plan? I did not write it. I had it in my head. And also my mom was planning on acting as our doula. So we didn't hire one. Um, but my mom was like all in. Yeah. Wanted to be there. And we wanted her there. I think moms make wonderful doulas. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. Because so the she, whole concept is to have someone to support you. Like doula just means woman servant or woman caregiver. That's so, so nice. So whether it's like your sister or your mom, or if those two people are not available or your best friend, then mm-hmm. then there are trained doulas, you right. know, but it's so wonderful. So let's talk about like the last couple of weeks or the last week, like leading up to your birth, like how were you feeling? I was feeling good. I was active. Um, we lived in a neighborhood that had trails. Um, so I would walk at least a mile or two every day. We have a dog. So that was a good excuse to get outside. It was November. So it was gorgeous. It was fall. Yeah, it was cool <laughs> and crisp. And like, I still had the AC running. Yeah. <laughs> um, From so those hot, hot flashes. All the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no blood pressure, no, you know, preeclampsia things or anything. So I was feeling very good. Yeah. Um, we were ready. Yeah. Um, so then how did it happen? So uh, let's see. We had just watched a show. It was a Sunday night. Okay. I was 39 weeks and three days. Okay. Um, and we'd like just turned the TV off to go to bed on Sunday. Um, and I felt like a tightening and I hadn't had Braxton Hicks that I knew of at least um throughout the whole pregnancy so it was like a little bit painful so I was like oh maybe this is it and so of course like immediately my senses are heightened um 10 minutes later on the second nether like another yeah little bit of a painful tightening um 10 minutes later, another one. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going into labor. This is so great. <laughs> and I just knew it was it, but I knew also knew it was early labor. And because of the class, and again, I wasn't committed to a natural labor, but I wasn't like a diehard epidural, like I have to have it. I It was a kind of just like a, like a, let's see what happens. Okay. You know? I think it's a great attitude to have. <laughs> so um, I didn't want to feel guilty if I got one. And I didn't want to feel pressured into not having one because I made a decision before I knew what anything was going to be like. So um, let's see. Yep. Contraction started around 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. And so I tried to lay there, but I was just excited and the adrenaline was starting to go. And um, I let my husband sleep. I don't know if he did or not. I think he did. Um but I, because of the class, I was prepared to labor at home for a long time. We had the puzzles out. We had the birth ball ready that I'd already been sitting on for weeks. Um, you know, I, I was ready. I knew what to do. So I 
go downstairs and I unload the dishwasher and I just kind of tidy up the kitchen a little bit and just try to stay busy. Um, were you timing contractions or were you just letting them happen? I was. No, I was timing them on whatever app I had on my phone. Okay. Um, so, and they were regular and they weren't stopping because I knew to get up and do something. Yeah. And if they stopped, then it wasn't labor, of course, but they never stopped. Um, and it got to be the middle of the night and... It's always the middle of the I night. I know, when you're already t- I'm, like tired, you've already been awake all I'm day. Like, poor, you know, poor us, like poor moms. I'm like, why is it You don't always? know that last sleep is your last sleep. I mean, I know from a science perspective, like why it's at night, but poor, you know, poor I moms. I know, so, I know. So like three o'clock in the morning, I take a shower okay. because I wanted to have blow-dried hair, yep. makeup on. Love it. Just a little bit, you know, <laughs> yes. look okay in pictures. I cannot tell you how many of my clients <laughs> I get there and they're like blow-drying their hair. Fresh. And I'm like, you're adorable, <laughs> but that means you're in early labor. Oh, my second labor, <laughs> you yes. will see. We are going to talk about that in just a minute. Total opposite. I'm so excited. So um, I blow-dried my hair. I put on makeup at like four o'clock in the morning, you know, whatever. And um, around six... It got to the point that I like, couldn't really like talk through them, um, but they weren't, they were maybe five minutes apart at this point. Like I had to breathe. I had yeah. to like lean over and like breathe through the contraction, but it wasn't anything. But you had you slept? No. Okay. And I tried to like lay down <laughs> so, at first, but I was just too excited. So basically you had already been in like early labor for eight hours and have not slept. Yes. So you are yes. tired. I'm assuming you're tired. And I, of course, had the plan, like, in my mental birth plan was to make sure I eat before I go to the hospital. Um, so around 6 o'clock, my husband, like, gets up and, you know, he was sleepy, aware, I think, all night of what was happening. But I think once he saw me, like, having to, like, lean over and breathe, he was like, call the doctor. We're going. And in my mind, I knew that I wasn't really anywhere close and that I wanted to stay home. But, like, he was, like, I think kind of, like, freaked out um so yeah the doc i called the doctor and they said okay come on in it is today and it's 11 11 13 and i was like oh what a cool birthday 11 11 the person on the phone with the OBGYN said go ahead and come on in it sounds like you're you know really in labor um so we have like a freak out moment like this, this is, is happening. So- We're going to have our baby. Um, we get the Had du- you already packed the car? Uh, no. Okay. No, but we like did all those things, you know, okay. got ready to go. So we get to the hospital and I hadn't like told my mom yet that we were, I didn't want to bother in the middle of the night if it wasn't anything serious. I knew she would need to be rested. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in hindsight, we really needed to be rested because this was long. So we like let her know. So she come. you know, we get to the hospital and check in and they, um, check my cervix and triage and I was like four centimeters and they said you're staying um, that's a really good starting I think, like, point some people get sent home at four centimeters so I don't know what how they decide who's staying and who's contraction pattern okay plus the fact that because some people can be four centimeters dilated and not in labor like walking around for weeks yeah, yeah I actually just had a client that delivered last um, Monday and she was six centimeters dilated before labor even started with baby number one so Good yeah it really happened it really has a lot to do with okay. like 
contract. It's not just one thing or another. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of moving parts that all equal you okay. know, labor. Yeah. So they said, you're staying, you're having your baby. Um, so it's like 8 a.m. at this point. I know I had my green smoothie on the way with, you know, protein and all that. So I tried to have like a full meal that wasn't too heavy. Yeah. On the way. Good job. I ate Bojangles. <laughs> Wait to the hospital. It was disgusting. <laughs> In my birth story, it's like the worst regret. Oh, so no. high five for green <laughs> smoothies on yeah. the way to labor. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, we're feeling good. We're feeling excited. So... We're in the hospital. Uh, my mom had her copy of the birth partner book that she had read cover to cover, highlighted, dog-eared, taken notes in. She was armed and ready and yeah. excited, you know. So it gets to be noon. They check me again. I'm only five centimeters. Okay. So that's far. I mean, five is a lot of centimeters dilated. But tell me, like, Hours do you remember how by. you were feeling? Do you, like, remember at that point? Like, I know you were feeling tired, but what were contractions feeling like? Um, I had to stop and breathe through them, but in between I was okay. And they okay. were maybe two to three minutes apart. Okay. I mean, like my dad came to visit um, and that was fine. I had the hospital that I delivered in had bathtubs. And so we thought maybe if I got in like a warm bath that I would relax a little more and the contractions with me would pick up and I would dilate a little more. So I tried that. Didn't help. So... Uh, the doctor wanted to break my water. And this was almost like a turning point, right? Because I wasn't committed to unmedicated, but I also didn't, I was afraid to go down the path of interventions. Um, So were you still about five centimeters when they broke your water? Yeah, so that was about two o'clock in the afternoon. They finally broke my water. Um, And it wasn't, it was insignificant. Um, It was totally fine. Actually, not a lot came out. This is a funny story. This is a little funny side note, if you want to hear. Yeah. So my dad had come to visit, you know, off and on throughout the day, I think to like to help my mom. And I mean, at this point, it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. None of us have like eaten, you know, so he was excited too. So um, he had come to visit and um, just left the room and I was sitting on a ball and like my husband was sitting on a chair in front of me and I was leaned over him we were facing each other and I was leaned over him and literally as soon as my dad shut the door to the hospital room to leave my the rest of my water came out in like a huge gush it was so <laughs> funny and like my dad would have been horrified if oh, he had seen that my you know so that was like as soon as that water broke yeah it was kind of on. Yeah. You know? So I'm going to interject right here because sometimes when they break the water, the head will almost like reseal. Mm. And then when you're on the ball and you're like rocking your hips or moving mm-hmm. around, it creates sometimes space yeah. for the rest of so the water to like break open. Because yeah. when they broke it with the little tool, yeah. it really was insignificant. Um, but that, that I was in the bed, but then I got up and a couple, you know, maybe an hour later this happened. So yeah. it was funny. Um and then from that point, I think they checked me and it was seven centimeters and the contractions, you know, once that water breaks, yeah, uh, the pain really picks up, I guess. Um, and so I was breathing through things, but I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. And so we made the decision to request the epidural. And how many hours into labor were you at this point? Like almost 24? Um. I want to say about 20. 20. At this point, it's probably about 5 o'clock at night. Girl, that's a long time. Okay. Yeah, but the, the contractions weren't that bad up until the right kind of then. this point, you know? Yeah. And the fact that I was so tired 
and all of that um, kind of helped us decide like we need we need this. The number one reason my clients get an epidural is because of fatigue, not pain. Yeah. They just want some rest. Right. They're like, I can handle the next contraction, but I just want to go to sleep. Yeah. So were you kind of feeling that like you just wanted a break or was the pain like I need the pain to go away? I was afraid of the ring of fire, to be honest, to be perfectly honest. I was afraid of that. Okay. My whole pregnancy, right? <laughs> and so I said, God, if this is this bad now, it's only going to get worse, right? I don't know where. And we can is. revisit this yeah, after like, my second revisit. kid is born yeah. because, yeah, you'll, yeah. I have a client that literally like saying, this girl is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> As she felt the ring of fire, and I wanted to die. Wow, hearing this. good for so her. Like, That's great. Oh my goodness. Wow. So, but you had heard about this ring of fire, which happens just at the delivery. But you were right. like, "I need that to not happen to me." I can't. Is what you were I thinking. can't deal with that. Yeah. No. Okay. I will never be right again. <laughs> so, when you made the decision, like, get me the epidural. Like, how long did it take for the anesthesiologist to get there? Maybe forty-five minutes or so. Okay. I mean, and I wasn't like begging for it. You know, and did you already have an IV, or did they have to put an IV in? When I arrived at the, when I got into the delivery room from the triage, yeah, they put in the heplock. Uh huh. So they, it was in, but I wasn't Hot, getting connected. any fluids at that point. I guess maybe at this point I had had some fluids. Okay, but yeah, when I got to the hospital, they put that in, but then I was able to walk around and go out outside. They have like a little outside area. Which was nice. Yeah. That's what I had wanted to do. I wanted to keep moving. I knew that that was part of it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so everything was ready. They had already taken the, you know, done the lab work and I had the fluids. So it was like ready. We were ready for the epidural. Yeah. Once the anesthesiologist was there. So he came in and did that. And he, God, I hated that. I just, I'm sorry to scare anybody, but. It's okay. I Tell your, this is your I story. I didn't like getting the epidural. Okay. The physical, like, act of it. Okay. Um. So let's share with everybody a little bit about what it's like to get an epidural, because I also had an epidural with one of my births. And um, I remember like having to just be really still and curl over. Yeah. But then the contractions keep coming. So what was stuck? Yeah. Yeah. So for you, like what was the most uncomfortable part of the epidural? It was probably more of the mental like, oh, my gosh, there is a huge needle going into my spine. Okay, this is scary. Yeah. Yeah. Did they show you the needle? Or, no. Okay. So I, you're just envisioning what it might look like. Yeah. I'm probably okay. <laughs> picturing it to be way so. <laughs> bigger and worse than it actually was. Um, so yeah, we got the epidural and it was fine. And I think I had a good epidural because I could still move my legs, mm-hmm. um, but I couldn't feel much. However, it gave me the shakes or maybe that was Transition. labor. Yeah. But I had the shakes so bad that I couldn't lay down and rest. Okay. So that was kind of a, that was a big disappointment. Yeah. So for everyone listening, the shakes are like super normal and they're like a very annoying part of labor and they can also happen like right after delivery too. So I'll put some information about the shakes in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. That's a good, good yeah. idea. Cause mm-hmm. I, again, something I was not prepared for. Yeah. So a couple hours go by and yeah, like my husband and my mom took shifts going to get something to eat in the cafeteria and, you know, a little breather there. Um, And then around, and then we got to the point where we decided, oh, the birthday is going to be 11, 12, 13, even though I'd gone (laughs) to the labor on the 10th, Yeah, technically. 
But I was like, oh, wait, that's an even cooler birthday than 11-11. Right. So, I like it, 11-12-13. Yeah. So it has a little ring to it. It's fun. So, um, and that was fine. So around midnight, they come and check me, and I'm 10. I guess I'm complete. I guess I'm complete at this point. I had had a friend recently before this who had had a baby a couple months before me, and she pushed for four hours. And so I was heightened to that, and I was sensitive to that, and I said... I don't really feel pressure though, so I just kind of want to labor down mm-hmm. until like I really feel the urge because I don't want that to happen to me because that was scary. Yeah. Um, and for everyone that's listening, I am a hundred percent an advocate for laboring down. Mm-hmm. So ten centimeters is just one of the um, parameters that we're looking for, but the station of the baby, meaning like where the baby is, is that head high? Is that head low? Is the head engaged in the Mm -hmm. um, pelvis? Like that's really important. And let me tell you, if you are not feeling the urge to bear down, the baby is high. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to like save your energy and let the baby come down. So it's good to hear you say that that's what you wanted to do. Yeah. And so they let me do that for maybe an hour or two more. Okay. And they finally, I think, were like, okay, this girl's got to have this baby. Okay. Um, So around 1 o'clock a.m., they're like, okay, we're going to start pushing. So, you know, you do a couple pushes while the one nurse watches and then... To practice and to coach you. Yeah, they can see, yeah, what's happening. And I don't know what they could see or couldn't see at this point. So all I know is we're pushing. Um, again, at this point I've been awake for almost 48 hours. So, and you know, I had that smoothie, but that was long <laughs> gone. <laughs> you know? I might've had like half of a popsicle at some yep. point. So I was just cooked. And then I meant to ask you too, right before you started pushing, when you were having the shakes and stuff, did you ever vomit? No, no. Okay. That's no. Good. Yeah. Um, so I almost wanted to, though, because I knew that was transition. Again, yeah. from those classes, like in the INMA, like I knew the signs. Like if I could just get to the vomiting right, part, we're almost we're done. Close. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we started pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, finally, and I like didn't want a mirror because I was afraid to see things um, that I can't unsee. Yeah. Um, but I got to the point where I was asking for a mirror because yeah. I, I couldn't feel anything you, you know wanted, and you needed some motivation yeah and um so they brought it in and then finally i was able to get a push where we could see a little bit of the head yeah um and so that was good and plus i could kind of feel how to push yeah um but that epidural is hard yeah it's hard because if it's good and heavy and it takes your pain away it also makes it difficult to feel you know, the either the natural ejection reflex mm-hmm. occurring mm-hmm. that you can work with, you know. So yeah. I absolutely, I was there, understand. Yeah, very hard. Yeah. Um, so did you feel like the mirror, like, really helped you? Like, it, okay, wh- what I'm doing? It did, because I could tell, like, physically what I was doing. Was working. Yeah, and then I could try to recreate that on the next push. Yeah, okay. So I ended up pushing for, like, an, I think an hour and 45 minutes. Okay. Um, and... It felt like an eternity, and it was very scary for me. I don't know. I think I was just really tired, but also, like, what they've got, like, the heart rate monitor on, and, like, maybe they shouldn't have said this, but, like, oh, the heart rate is low. You know, the yeah. heart rate is changing, and I'm, Decelerating. like... Decelerating. And I'm... Then I'm starting to panic. Oh, my gosh, just 
take me back, get this baby out. I want this baby in my arms. I don't want to do this anymore. Like I'm, I, I'm worried for his safety now. Yeah. I think one of the things too, that there are many heart decelerations that are indications of an emergency, right? Um, But I, in 14 years, I have rarely, I mean, maybe one or two births, ever seen a baby be born without heart decelerations. Right. Because now I understand. Right. (laughs) When the head is being compressed and there's no amniotic fluid over and over and over again, there are some natural decelerations that occur. But it's more important that when the contraction is over, what happens to the heart rate. Right, and I, from what I understand, everything was fine in between yeah. contractions. So your son was decelerating a little bit, but yeah, then but bouncing it, back. Yeah, but just hearing that just scared me. Yeah, and you're just like, give me a, a healthy day. baby in yeah. my arms. I'm like, C-section, let's go. Yeah. And, you know, it, we weren't there. Yeah. So then he was born. I don't know. <laughs> I, it was so foggy at that point, which yeah. makes me so sad. Yeah. Um, but it just, I mean, it, so he was born at 3.45 a.m. Um, oh, my goodness, that is such a long labor. So it's not uncommon. I know. It's not uncommon. I know. It's just really long. And I'm like, people probably think I'm crazy saying I had a 30 hour labor. And it's like, no, you really didn't. But no, I mean, you they, really contraction did. started and they didn't stop until yeah. he was born. So I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, I've been with um, women before for almost 50 hours. Oh my gosh. 50. Like where I'm like, I have to take a nap. So yes. it is 30 is a long labor. And you got all the way to seven centimeters <laughs> dilated totally naturally like almost 24 hours and like that's amazing you're a rock star like thank if a you. million I don't people feel like a rock star but thank if a you. million people haven't told you like you are a rock star <laughs> like you are a rock star so you pushed him out I pushed him out Yay. everything was fine and and you know I was just so relieved because like after the miscarriage and after the subchorionic hemorrhage and all that yeah. I mean I just wanted to hold my baby yeah. and so it was just so emotional and um it was just great. My mom was there. My mom like got his like first cries on video. Oh. Um, so, do you just remember like holding him, like staring at him? Like, I was just like, I'm so glad you're here. I love you so much. You know, we're gonna get these lights off. It's just gonna be you and me. You know, it's gonna be yeah. We're together. The most amazing feeling yeah. in the world. Yeah. So, did your husband cut the cord? Yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> you know. In my mental birth plan, I was like delayed cord clamping, all of this, and I, and, and my husband was on board with that. Um, and he saw the doctor put the clamp on, and he's like, "Oh no, take the clamp off!" So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's so crazy. I'm assuming that so they I don't didn't, know if we delayed. I didn't. I, think, I don't know. I think he did undo he did the clamp, clamp yeah. for a couple minutes, but. Huh. I don't know. At that well, really point, good. I feel like everything was like out the window. Yeah. You know. But still, the fact that you guys were trying to advocate for something that you wanted Some at the stuff, end is right. really cool. Yeah. You know, I so. know we have a plan and then we just, at the end of the day, you're like, healthy baby in my yes, arms right now. Absolutely. And you let some of that stuff go, which yeah. is, you know, really yeah. good. Well, it's been really amazing hearing your whole like journey, like through your pregnancies and getting your son here Mm -hmm. um, safely. And you did such an amazing job with the labor. And um, on another episode, so if you guys like loved hearing from Kristen, you are going to die when you hear (laughs) that her second birth was very precipitous. So the world just kind of took care of that long first labor. So we're going to, so on our next episode, we're going to hear like part two of Kristen's journey. But before we get to that, tell me like, what are your favorite like baby products or did you have a favorite baby product that you used? 
you know what it is, and this is but so helpful, is these quick zip sheets. Right, oh do my tell. gosh, everybody needs these. He okay. has a crib. Um, crib sheets are such a pain to change, mm-hmm. in my opinion. All and sheets are. <laughs> yes, yes, 100%. Um, and so, and I will say, this is maybe a controversial subject, but I'm a bumper mom. Okay. So I have the bumpers on, so the crib sheet is even harder to change. Yeah. So... What these sheets are is it, they go under the mattress and up over, and then there's a zipper that zips on the top of the crib, and so you just, like, zip off the dirty... To only change the part of the crib sheet that you need that to change? That the baby touches. That yeah. is brilliant. And then you zip on, an, like, a clean one. Well, Kristen, thank you so much. Thank it's you. It's been really nice to hear your story and to thank get you. to know you. Thanks to QuickZip Crib Sheets for sponsoring today's episode and for being Kristen and so many moms' favorite baby product. QuickZip offers great starter packs, perfect for setting up your nursery or to give as the best baby shower gift in the pile. The packs include one base that stays on the mattress and up to three zip-on sheets, so you'll have a couple ready to go for a quick change. Some packs also include waterproof mattress pads that are flat with no skirt and designed to work with the quick zip system. Also, great news is that you can buy additional zip on sheets whenever you need an extra or you just want to freshen up the look for a new season. Quick zip sheets are great quality and durable and they even last kid to kid. So just a reminder, you can head over today to save 15% at quickzipsheet.com and use code birthstorypodcast. And there is that 100% happiness guarantee. Thank you for listening to Birth Story. My goal is you will walk away from each episode with a clear picture of how labor and delivery might go and that you will feel empowered by the end of your pregnancy to speak up plan and prepare for the birth you want, no matter what that looks like. I'm so excited to tell you about my first book that I wrote that is launching this summer. It's a 42-week guide to your pregnancy. It's a collection of birth stories. It has a ton of doula advice from all of the questions that my clients have asked me over the last 14 years. It has hysterical partner tips that you will want to read to your partner. And it has journaling prompts because nobody has time to write 20 pages in their journal about their pregnancy. So I've taken the liberty to give you some prompts of things that I think you might want to remember back on after the baby's born. So again, you can go to birthstory.com and pre-order a copy today, and it would mean the world to me. If you're enjoying this podcast, then I need your help to spread the word. If you know anyone who is pregnant, is trying to become pregnant, or just loves a good birth story, if you could send them to iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or SoundCloud, wherever they listen to their podcasts, and ask them to subscribe to the Birth Story Podcast.